Welcome to another Co-op Conversations podcast episode. Each episode features different guests living in housing cooperatives in various parts of the world. Through these conversations, you'll learn more about life in a housing cooperative for children, teenagers, parents, and seniors. In one episode, we take a slightly different approach and we talk to Brenda Torpy from Burlington, Vermont, who is a longtime champion of the community land trust model, a land ownership model that some housing co-ops also use. I'm Julie LaPalm, Secretary General of Cooperative Housing International, or CHI. I deliver CHI's work program, which includes communications, education, and knowledge sharing, governance, and collaborations. Cooperative Housing International is one of the sectoral organizations of the International Cooperative Alliance, which is the global apex body representing all cooperatives. CHI raises awareness about cooperative housing by promoting its successes on a global level. We also facilitate networking opportunities via knowledge sharing events. If you go to our first podcast episode, we explain housing cooperatives. If you want to learn more about the different types of housing cooperatives or find out more about the work we do, please head over to our website at housinginternational.coop. Just a couple of fun facts about Zurich. The city has over 1,200 drinking fountains. In medieval times, women held the most political power in the region. And one of Switzerland's largest corporations began in Zurich, Migros, which is Switzerland's largest supermarket chain and largest employer, is one of the 40 largest retailers in the world. And it is also structured in the form of a cooperative federation with more than 2 million members. So welcome, Martin, to our our podcast series on life in a housing co-op. So today we have Martin Mueller, who is a a longtime resident of ABZ, uh, which I will explain in, in a moment. He's been living in ABZ for almost 12 years, and, uh, and then he's recently become an employee of ABZ. So ABZ is one of CHI's uh, members. It was founded in 1916, and it's Switzerland's biggest housing cooperative with close to 8,000 members. These numbers are a little old, so they might, <laughs> they might be uh, a little bit higher now. So they build, administer, and maintain uh, over 5,000 apartments in and around Zurich, including approximately 11,000 people living in 60 different residential areas. They actively support the housing cooperative movement in Switzerland and abroad, and are active members of CHI. Uh, Hans Rupp, who is the the CEO, is, uh, is one of our board members. So they also aim to build sustainable and affordable living space in high quality buildings and apartments. So welcome, Martin. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Uh, Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. So you live in an ABZ co-op in Zurich, as I mentioned, uh, since almost 12 years. So describe uh, your co-op for us and so that we can paint a a picture in our heads of of your co-op. Yes, I will happily do that. Um, you, you call it a residential area. Inside ABZ, we talk about the settlements. So we have about uh, 60 settlements or residential areas. It's the same thing. Um, I live in one of them, um, which is located on the southern outskirts of Zurich. It's a geographically nice region, let's say, because um, we have all the advantages of public transportation that the city offers trams, um, 
trains, buses and stuff. But we are somehow on the outskirts and are also very close to the lake, the lake of Zurich, to the woods. Uh, so it feels more like a, like a small village rather than a, than a city, than a big city. The settlement where I live, it's, um, it has about 200, a little bit more than 200 um, different apartments of various sizes, varying from one and a half to six and a half rooms. And um, I think there are about 700 plus minus people living there from old to young. It's a mix of people. It's a um, heterogeneous mix. Um, there's a lot of uh, small children, young families with small children, but there is also elder people. Yeah, like um, we think the mix of a settlement is it, one of the, the secrets to kind of generate a good the functioning neighborhood. It's a, a very friendly neighborhood. Um, I always like to say that it's like um, some neighbors turn into friends. So when neighbors turn into friendships, I think that's a very good sign. People do a lot of activities together, be it barbecuing, be it um, uh, maintaining the garden that we have. There is kind of a community garden located in the um, inner court. And so you're um, you, you're also raising your family in in the housing co-op. So how many children? How many children do you have? Yes, I live there with my family. I have a wife and two uh, kids. Um, they are 13 and nine years old. And um, of course, they really love to <laughs> be here where they live. Um, it's very friendly. They don't have to worry about when they go out on the street to play. They don't have to worry about um, too much traffic or so. Because as I said, we are located very near to the forest and stuff. The schools they are going to, they are very, very close, um, so they can walk there. Are there many other, are there many children living in the co-op? Yes, there are a lot of children, yes. There's a lot of children living here. Um, there is a uh, dedicated school, a house very, very close, uh, so everybody knows each other. Oh, sounds ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it feels like a village rather than, than a part of, of the city. And is there a name for for this settlement? Like, does each ABZ uh, settlement have a name? Yeah, it's 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 called uh, it's called Entlisberg, Entlisberg, um, but it's um, impossible to translate. <laughs> uh, it's just the name of of the hood, also, if you want. You know, you have uh, Zurich, and and it and it's uh, divided into various um, parts of 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 the city, and they have names and. Um, but geographically, it's located on the south of, of, of the city. And then, and how uh, is your co-op governed? Like you're you're an, you're a settlement in ABZ, so you you have do you have a representative from your settlement uh, on or how does that work? You know, with, you know, because with, with, in Canada we have these small co-ops that are all individual. And uh, you know, in, in other parts of the world as well, and so. Explain to us maybe a little bit how that, that structure with, with ABZ is. That's a little bit different because as we are such a big um, um, housing cooperative with about 60 uh, residential areas, we have um, a thing called um, settlement committee. 
So this is um, basically voluntary work. No, actually, it's not voluntary. If you are a member of the settlement committee, you get a small um, amount paid from ABZ for expenses and stuff. And um, the settlement committees, they are something like a, an interaction thing between the residents and the official parts of ABZ, let's say. They also organize certain um, um, events. As we are a cooperative, the people can decide uh, when it comes to big decisions, for example, like the rebuilding of an, of an um, area around the house or so, people can decide if they want to. They can vote, um, yes, we want this or not. So, for example, this is one thing that settlement committees handle. Uh, then, of course, we have a big facility management, um, including facility managers, gardeners, and they have like dedicated buildings where they take care of. Of course, the facility manager on, on, on a daily basis, it's, it's a very uh, important person because there is always something not working or wrong. You know? So that's a, it's kind of a key person. So, and, that, and that's specific to your settlement? No, 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 no. That's specific to all the settlements we have. They all have like dedicated a uh, facility manager. It's not one per building, of course, mm -hmm. but um, that's a, it's a big team. It's yeah, a big yeah. team of, of facility managers as we have all these residential areas distributed all over the city of Zurich and also some outside of the city in the canton of, of Zurich. Mm -hmm. So you not only live uh, in a ABZ co-op, but you also work for ABZ. Can you tell us about uh, what, what you do there? Um, yes, I can. Uh, I have been working for ABZ for um, a little bit more than two years now. I am working in the communications department. And um, yeah, as the name says, it's all about communication and projects. Communication, we do internal communication, of course, and external communication. It's divided into those two, maybe. Internal um, means, for example, um, sharing stuff from the um, management to all the employees on, on the intranet, taking care that the intranet, all the informations are available, that it's maintained well from a technical point of view also. External communications means a lot, of course. We have um, uh, a magazine for our residents that we publish um, every three months, so four times a year. But like a physical magazine? So, or yeah, it's a, phys it's, it's a physical magazine. Yeah, very classic, traditional uh, physical magazine with uh, stories from inside our cooperative, but also external stories from whatever, uh, for whatever topics uh, we choose. So this is kind of a constant editorial process also, before the forum is after the last forum. So it's always gathering stories, topics um, and stuff. And then we also have a lot of um, digital communication tools which I kind of was um, brought into ABZ. After I started, we redesigned our website. We redesigned the Wink. I think we will talk about Wink a little bit later. It's an internal forum, kind of. We started various social media channels that were there before, but that weren't actively maintained. And all this is coming out of our content strategy. 
that was developed a couple of years ago and where it says, for example, as we are such a big cooperative and we have a lot of expertise and, 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 uh, and stuff, we are kind of obliged to, to, to get out with the information, to tell stories from how we function, how we work and also to, to network on an international basis as we are doing right now. Yeah, the communications is a, is a huge component of, you know, communicating with uh, both internally and externally and, you know, to share, to share those stories and to share, you know, like good practices and, uh, and also to, you know, just to like either raise awareness or to keep members aware of maybe changing legislation or, you know, different changes in procedures and, and, and rules. So putting out a magazine every three months is, I can imagine how much work that is. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard work, but it's also very fun. And um, since we have like a very modern dynamic website, we also try to combine offline with online content. Um, we're not where we want to be with it, but it's a constant process, of course. Yeah, and then there's the social media to, uh, you know, you gotta keep that stuff uh, happening every day, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And actually also there, we are not where actually where we would like to be, but we are working on it. Um, the good thing, I, I would like to mention it, it's that we don't have to like care about you no know, marketing. We have nothing to sell if you want to, because our, what, what do we have? We have apartments. But um, there's always more people that want an apartment than we can offer. So we don't have to care at all about marketing in a way. It's, it's, it's rather kind of anti-marketing <laughs> because uh, for each available apartment, we get an average of 100 um, applications. Or of 100 yeah. applications, exactly, which means 99 uh, people will get an, 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 uh, a no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah just to show you some, some of the, the, the dimensions. So yeah, we can um, be on the social media channels very freely without having the, the, the pressure to sell something. So mm -hmm. we can yeah. focus on, 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 on stories and ask questions to people, how they see certain things mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, if there's uh, that many people that are applying for for apartments, uh, that's you know a clear indication that there's a, a lack of of housing yep. and an and even yep. greater lack affordable of housing. affordable housing. Yeah, and yep. also you yep. know people are looking for uh, to live in a place like where you're living, you know, in, in a community uh, as opposed to just you know being some anonymous neighbor next door. It's, it's nice to be part of a community, and people are looking for that too. That's exactly how, how, how you say it. It's, uh, I, I think people want this. We are kind of a group animal. I don't know if that's the right expression, but we like to live in, 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 in a nice and good working small communities. I, I, I truly believe in this. And I, I can see it for myself from where I live. It's true for a lot of, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, an interesting thing is you only sometimes get to realize this when you, when you have this. Because before before I got married or worked or lived in the cooperative, I, I used to live in regular rental um, uh, stuff where no neighborhood was actually there. It, it was, as you said, anonymous. Yeah, there's, there's no connection. 
there's no connection exactly mm. yes. yeah yeah mm. and yeah you're right you know we as humans we need that and even more so during this pandemic where we're forced uh in to stay in our in our homes even even more so where you live has become even more important yeah exactly exactly and from that point of view i also have to admit i'm in a very lucky almost luxurious position because um I mentioned it again. It's, it, it feels like a small village here. Um, there is a lot of, you know, hidden places where you can meet uh, outside um, without having to worry about, okay, we are too many people because there, there, is, there is space and like-minded people. So that helped a lot, I would say, during the last year to, to a lot of people, knowing that there is neighbors who might have turned into friends that, that they are there. Yeah, so so your co-op has been faring COVID-19 fairly well. How how you know in what ways has the co-op had to adjust to to dealing with the pandemic? Well, I think the most uh, I I'm in the home office most of most of my time for more than a year now. Um so an internal impact is um clearly the the home office thing. But then on the other hand, you have the facility management people, for example, working there. They, the facility manager, it's impossible for him or her to do home, home office. So they are still uh, there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of events have been canceled. Um, events that um, might be organized by the settlement committees, as I mentioned before, or also from initiatives from, from residents. A lot of stuff uh, has been cancelled or now taken into the digital space. Also, uh, like recreational stuff, let's say. Um, yeah, people are getting used to it somehow, but um, everybody is keen on going out again. can feel that clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how, how's the vaccine rollout going in Switzerland? Well, not so well, I think. There's just not enough vaccines. And um, it's clear that uh, in the first uh, batch, there is like elder people or risk risk patients. I don't know if that's the high, right high word. High-risk people, yeah. High-risk high people that um, are um, vaccinated. But it's going slowly, I think. So, yeah, we still have to be aware of it and, and protect ourselves. From- mm-hmm. Yeah same same in canada it's same there the rollout yeah. is not happening super fast yeah 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 and yeah. not enough vaccines yeah so uh, let's talk about some of abizad's work in uh in sustainability uh and when i was describing abizad uh earlier uh i was saying that uh you know it aims to build sustainably So, uh, and you've been involved uh, in uh, some some projects that are promoting biodiversity in, in some of the settlements. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, yes, I was involved in that uh, from a communication point of view, of course, because uh, when we have such projects, we uh, like to talk about them, to promote them, be it in our physical forum magazine or on our digital social media channels. I can name a few. For example, I think it's about 17 or 18 of our um, buildings. We have solar panels in various um, sizes. Um, some of them give the electricity directly to the residents. Others uh, is uh, it's tra- transferred into the um, official grid. 
sold to the official um, supplier. Um, we have also water heating on some of the roofs and um, all this with an upward trend. So for every new building that we build there, it's, it's, uh, it's no question if there will be solar panels. It's just, it's, it's, it's normal, it's regular. So we're trying to change the ratio from uh, renewable energy. So we have to, the, the level of renewable energy needs to increase. So that's, that's, that's like the aim, the vision. I don't have exact numbers there, but I think in the last like 15 years or so, we have huge amounts. We, we, we exchange like a very big amount of um, CO2 emitting energy to renewable energy. That's like more the technical part. We have also other um, biodiversity measure, um, um, actions. Uh, one thing is, um, for example, community gardens. It's a thing that is coming more and more. People would like to share yeah, gardens, uh, meet there. Another thing is, for example, we try to exchange all um, in the surroundings of the buildings. There's also like, always like bushes, trees, and um, those are um, exchanged because all, very often they are invasive. It's invasive plants and they're being exchanged to native plants. Yeah, so we have uh, a lot of stuff going on in that, um, in that area. Well, it's very impressive. It, uh, you're, you're light years ahead of uh, many other developed countries, I can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're definitely catching up uh, here in Canada. I mean, the, you know, the, the whole, I mean, just the fact that you said that, you know, installing solar panels is, is just uh, automatic. Well, here it's not. We're not even at that stage yet. Yeah, I would expect that. It's strange. Yeah, yeah. One would expect that when we're talking about like developed countries, it should be like not. It, should, it shouldn't be a question. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 happy about the fact that um yeah that we go into that direction. It's also a clear um, desire of 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 our residents because, for example, on the annual meeting there is always and and also with an upward trend more and more voices um, asking for this you know, because the climate catastrophe, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's becoming clear to more and more people that um, there is action to, to be taken from small scale to big scale. Well, there's a, another advantage of, of living in a, in a housing cooperative is that it's, it's member driven. You know, it, the, the members are demanding it and you know it's not a, it's not a top down approach no exactly exactly it's a member driven and um, a lot of those um, stuff that i mentioned before for example like the, the exchange of, of 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 trees and bushes around the residential areas it's coming from the residents themselves so it's yeah it's again member driven mm -hmm. there's always one or two people and which is enough that are very um, you know active that want to 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 get things done yeah, if you are like this, you easily find another two or more people and all of a sudden you're a small group. Then you get to the settlement committee, ask them for help, for advice. Yeah, and then you have um, a project realized sooner than you thought, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's that saying, you know, many hands make light work. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so true. So yeah, you mentioned the the Wink project or initiative. Um, so that's uh, is that an internal information system for for members of ABZ or can you explain that to us? Yeah, it's a kind of this. Actually, explained in one sentence, it's um, the old repair message system, which has evolved into kind of a portal, if you want to. So um, the repair message, it's an important thing. As we have so many, it's, it's the facility managing thing I mentioned before. If there is something broke in your apartment or in the environment or in the cellar, you can submit a repair message to your facility manager. So, and this is, uh, this used to be very old system and Wink has kind of evolved from that. What is it today? It, um, it's still the repair message transmitting system. But it's also like a pin board. You can, um, it, it, it offers a lot of information, you know, internal papers, stuff, the annual report. We have a marketplace so people can buy or sell stuff. It's kind of a small Facebook or so. It's um, reserved for residents, of course. It's not public. So you have to have, a, you have to be a resident of, of, of ABC. And um, if you are the one on, on the contract, the system also uh, recognizes you. And if, for example, you submit a repair message, the system knows in what apartment you live in and guides you exactly through, through the process. Yeah, so we like to, to push it. We hope that we can... Um, it's, it's not used by everyone. It's still not used by everyone. Yeah, I was going to ask how many people are using it. I mean, we're talking about more than 12,000 um, people living inside ABZ. This includes children and very old from all ages. So 12,000. And on Wing today, we have about 2,000. So... So there's 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 <laughs> there's room to grow, yeah. Yeah, there's there uh, there is room to grow. There's room to grow, and um, but we have a strategy, uh, we have a vision, where we want to go with um, with Wink. Uh, we want to make it um, like a like a counter where where people can um, get a lot of information where they have to call to today they have, they have to call us. So yeah, we are also thinking about automatization and stuff so that's interesting that it started off as uh you know the the repair uh system you know the the, the way that you report a repair and and then that, and it's turned into this portal where you you can get you know i guess minutes of meetings and and information and and and, and you can ex- you know and and the the marketplace that it, that's really quite cool that, that people can buy and sell stuff you know within, within the Co-op. That's really clever. Yeah, and it's really going well. Yeah, it shows. I mean, I have. There's a lot of other um, media. Let's say from where I live, I know there is a lot of WhatsApp chats, for example. So people organized are also organized by themselves. And sometimes I think with the wink, we are just a bit too late because there's already so much stuff going on. People are on so many networks. But the good thing is they have to go to Wing because they only there they can 
submit the repair message. So it's kind of a killer criteria. So we have to get people there. And then, of course, we want to make it as interesting as, as, as possible. Yeah, the question for us is, how can we add value there? It's, it's very simple. How can we make it um, need to have and not just a, a nice to have? And is it only available as an application on your phone or can people access it through their computer as well? No, it can be accessed via browser, via app. Um, we just changed to the latest technology, which offers exactly this. You can have a, a native app um, on whatever OS you have. And the same content can run in a browser on your laptop or on your computer. Yeah, I think it's important if you have a system like this to really like have a low um, barrier for people to to enter that system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we also, we already see like demographic uh, variations. All the younger people, they have no problems with it. They use it just... Um, um, like any other app that they use. Like, like native, mm -hmm. yeah, like any other app. And um, sometimes with um, elder people, yeah, they, they call us and ask, ask for existence. Mm -hmm. And one of, uh, a part of my job is also... Um, taking care and giving support, first and second level support to, to people struggling somehow with the wing. And it's a, that's a part I, I really like because I get in contact, in direct contact with the, with the mm -hmm. residents. Yeah. There's always interesting conversations or informations going. Uh -huh. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a, it's a, a good uh, uh, you know, side effect of, 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 of helping people. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So are there many seniors that live in, in ABZ? And like I, I, I have a colleague that uh, wrote to me recently asking about housing cooperatives uh, that have seniors, but that also offer, you know, services or, you know, health care so that the seniors, uh, you know, can, can stay in, in the co-op. So I'm just curious yeah. what, uh, what your approach is at uh, ABZ. We have a special approach to that. It's not that we are offering uh, those services that you mentioned, but we, um, I think we even invented it here. Uh, it's a thing called um, Hausgemeinschaft 55. Uh, it means... I understood the 55 part. <laughs> yeah, and this indicates the age. Yeah. So from 55 years old on, you are um, entitled to 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 live in in that like dedicated residential area it might be one dedicated house within a within a settlement and um this is constructed a little bit differently in the sense of the individual rooms they are even smaller than than the average rbz but um, common rooms are bigger because we want people who live there to meet to to get together to be to be together and um, by like delivering that infrastructure or special rooms, um, that works quite well. So people can take care of themselves and not um, having to go to a, how do you call Altersheim? You know, there is also like, like really residences for old people where all these services are included mm -hmm. yeah. but many old people they don't like to go there because it often feels like like, like the final the final push yeah. final thing 
the final push <laughs> and um, if you offer stuff like our HD55 you can um, yeah it's like a community it's like it's like a community where people help each other it's like a small RBZ inside uh, RBZ if you want so yeah that's a great approach and so for, for the opposite spectrum of, of, of the age range, what about uh, students? Are there many students that live in Abizai co-ops? Any, any like specific, you know, like solely for students or, you know, what maybe some that are co-ops that are near universities? No, 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 we don't have that. It's, um, it's overall, I would say very, very mixed, very um, heterogeneous. Sometimes, no, we have uh, special cases where there are more students. And that is if we know, um, for example, that one building is going to be renovated in two or three years, we start to rent the apartments to people on a temporary basis. And this is very often students because they are kind of flexible, an apartment for two years, that's perfectly fine for them. So they don't become like official members, but they are just residents, but they live inside Arbitzet then as well. And they have access to Wink and so. So it's rather based on that. Is there a renovation coming or even a an, 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 an renewal building? Yeah, the, our rental department, they start to rent out the apartments for uh, temporarily. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's good to have that flexibility. Yes. Yeah. But that way you're exactly. not, you know, you're not locked into, you know, a year, you know, a year's commitment or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just want to circle back to living in a housing co-op for specifically for, for your children. Can you, can you describe a, you know, I don't know, a typical day or a typical situation for, for your children living in the in the house in, in your housing co-op where there's lots of other children and families living there yeah there are similarities of from within the children that are that, that live here um if they are um if they have to go to school they stand up early of course have breakfast in my case it's my, my little girl she meets with other girls from the house and then they walk to the school together it's a walk it's like five minutes. It's really, really close. Yeah. Then they come back for lunch in the afternoon. They meet again to walk to the school again. And in Switzerland, that's pretty typical to, to go home for lunch if you're... Yeah. If you're, yeah. yeah, especially if you are like on, on the primary school level, on primary school level, because those uh, schools, they are often pretty close to where you live. After, uh, like after elementary school, be gymnasium or, or whatever, there is fewer schools and then they have to use public transportation. So, for example, my elder son, he leaves the house in the morning and um, goes to his school and he has to stay there because it wouldn't be worth it to come home over, over lunch. So um, he's out, out of the house, but returns late afternoon. They do homework and then they just want to go out and meet their friends. Mm -hmm. so, both of them. Yeah. It's really nice. I would love, uh, I know I, I love to see my children grow up here. We are really lucky. They are really lucky to have that. And I think they also appreciate it somehow. They, they, they feel 
it, 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 that, that, that it's a nice place. Well, they, they, you know, they must have friends that don't live in, in a housing co-op and they can see the difference. Yes, yes, yeah. We have a lot of friends that don't live here also and um, they're all jealous because it's such... It's, no, really, <laughs> it makes me feel ashamed some, sometimes, but um, of course I understand them. It's, um, yeah, there is too little of... of, of uh, uh, of housing cooperatives so the demand is much higher mm-hmm. you know and people if, if friends come to visit us they feel it that, that it's somehow special it's not like a regular um neighborhood it's more yeah more more than housing yeah exactly living yeah it's living yeah community yeah, living yeah. yeah it's uh yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's really nice and uh but you know, housing cooperatives are becoming more well known, and and you know people are are looking for for that sense of of community, uh, you know, in addition to affordable housing, and uh, and you know, and that's part of our of our mandate, you know, for cooperative housing international is to to promote promote this model, you know, which is why we're doing this podcast, you know, to share with as many people as possible, the benefits of, of living in a, in a housing co-op. And, you know, you're, you're a great example of, uh, you know, how, how nice it is to raise a family there and, and, and to, uh, to know, you know, to be friends, not just know your neighbors, but to be friends with your neighbors. Yeah. That is really exceptionally nice. Really. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Martin, for sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Co-op Conversations. We hope that it provided a better understanding of what life is like in a housing co-op. If you're interested in finding out more, you can visit us at housinginternational.coop. We feature many stories and resources on our website with useful tools, studies, and articles on topics ranging from governance to finance to sustainability and so on. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, where we like to share stories and good practices of co-op housing around the world. If you want to find a housing co-op in your region, I suggest that you do an online search for co-op housing along with the name of your city and hopefully something will come up. I would like to thank all of our guests for sharing their stories with us. I would also like to thank our sound technician, Todd LeBlanc, who also lives in a housing co-op in Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for listening.